The weather outside is cold, but the hot stove is heating up. A Rangers World Series hero has signed with a division rival. And does the Dodgers' big spending spree mean they don't need their Dallas hometown hero, Clayton Kershaw, anymore? And could he come home to the Texas Rangers? We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked On Rangers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's episode, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, the Rangers have made a couple of signings, only minor league signings, since we last chatted on Friday. Hope you enjoyed your holiday season. It seems like Chris Young was not as busy on Christmas Day this year as he was last year when he was putting the finishing touches on signing a playoff champion, a World Series champion, and to a World Series hero in Nate Eovaldi to a deal. Not the case on Christmas Day this year. CY was just enjoying some time with his family, but the Rangers have made some minor league signings. Diego Castillo, the Rangers signed to a minor league deal. He is a relief pitcher who last pitched with the Mariners. He's also pitched with the Tampa Bay Rays in his time. He is the most prominent of the three signings that the Rangers made, they also signed outfielder Michael Reed to a minor league deal and Reed Burlingmare to minor league contracts. Now, the main one that we are going to focus on is because the only one who has spent significant time in the majors. Now, uh, we, we have seen a little bit of Michael Reed in the majors, but not, not a whole lot, and I don't really see him factoring in much on this team. And that could still be the case for Diego Castillo, but he's a guy who I think has a lot of potential. He's had um, several good seasons with the Mariners and some, some good seasons with the Tampa Bay Rays as well. Had a sub two ERA back in 2020 has a career ERA just over three. He is a sinker slider pitcher, pretty much just those two pitches. He also started throwing a changeup this year, which wasn't very effective. Um, but he also has a four seam fastball as well. Um, but the, the slider is really his his bread and butter pitch. He is very very good against righties. He's his stuff is is pretty good. I mean his fastball is sitting in the upper nineties. It's around ninety five um, or I guess mid nineties. Um, don't even know what numbers are um, because it's been so long since I recorded a podcast. But he did not have the best season last year. An ERA north of six. Only pitched in eight games with the Mariners. Again, a minor league signing. So he's. 29 years old now. I think he's going to be in his age 30 season uh, next year. And uh, low risk, potential medium reward. I mean, he's not going to be the Rangers closer next year. He's maybe not even going to be a high leverage seventh, eighth inning guy. But if the Rangers saw something that they could tweak and, and fix from what he was doing last year, then it feels like a pretty a pretty solid signing. I mean, you can never have enough bullpen guys who have that top-end stuff. I mean, the Rangers saw that. I mean, bullpen guys' arms are, are very finicky, and sometimes they just, out of nowhere, start having an amazing season. Sometimes, out of nowhere, they 
drop off from being uh, one of the better relievers in baseball to absolute, you know, un- unusable pitcher. It, it just happens sometimes. And so the Rangers are making a bet on a guy with some decent stuff who has had some pretty good years in the past and uh, maybe it works out. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't really matter all that much. But two guys who were on uh, different teams are now switching sides, not a trade, but um, just going in free agency. Mitch Garver is signed a two-year deal worth $24 million with the Seattle Mariners, a team that was shedding a lot of payroll, a team that missed the playoffs last year after ending their 24-23 season drought of uh, missing the playoffs in 2022, finished just outside of that wild card spot. We're not able to get the Rangers out of the playoffs by sweeping them in that four-game series, and the year did put a bummer in the end of their season, but um, again, or in the regular season, but it didn't really matter. Just set them up for 11 straight road wins in route to a World Series where Mitch Garver drove in the winning run in the final game of the Texas Rangers World Series. He is a Rangers franchise legend forever, but two years, $24 million for a team that already has a near, if not all-star level catcher. Cal Raleigh has been a very, very good catcher for the last couple of years. Um, And it seems like Mitch Garver is going to play a similar role with the Mariners that he did with the Rangers this year in mostly DHing slash being a backup catcher. It's a good, it's a good deal for, for Mitch Garver. It's a good deal for the Mariners. I don't know why the Rangers couldn't have ponied up $12 million a year for a guy who was a two war player, even though he only played in 87 games last year. He was a big part of the Rangers run to and through the world series. He is an offensive juggernaut in the month of August and the month of September as well. A big part of being insurance for Corey Seager hitting third for a decent chunk um, of that late stretch. And I, I loved him hitting third. He's a guy who had an 870 OPS. I mean, his on-base numbers were great. His raw power numbers were great. It was just, can you keep him healthy? And that is what the Mariners are banking on and what other teams were banking on not happening since he's going to be aged 33 next season. He is a guy who has only played 100 games or more once in his career. But again, he's kind of uh, Jacob deGrom-esque as when he is on the field and healthy, he is absolutely dominant. Um, but has a much longer, more storied injury history than Jacob DeGrom, even though the last three seasons have been really rough for DeGrom. Uh, Before that, he had a a long track record of health. Mitch Garver has never really quite had that track record. It's uh, frustrating to see a a star, a big piece of the Rangers offense, probably the second best Rangers hitter last year. I feel pretty confident in saying that behind Corey Seager, I think Mitch Garver was, was pretty clearly the Rangers second best hitter, obviously not quite in the playoffs of Adoles Garcia going absolutely nuclear, which Mitch Garver didn't do, but he did have some, some really big moments, including obviously that, that game winning run, the grand slam that took that game against the Orioles in, in game two of the ALDS from being a, a, Pretty good offensive day to an absolute blowout. I mean, the can you take me higher radio broadcast call uh, is, is is an all-timer and always will be. Mitch Garver should be beloved by Rangers fans for all time. Um, the Rangers just didn't extend him that contract. And you know what? That's fine. The Mariners need a lot of offensive help out, outside of Julio Rodriguez and J.P. Crawford and Cal Raleigh. Their offense is is very thin honestly very thin and so if i were a mariners fan i would be over the moon two years 24 million dollars sure solid 
especially after they had shed a lot of payroll early on in this offseason. It looked like, I mean, they talked a big game about adding to their payroll and trying to add more hitters because obviously their pitching staff is incredible. But um, it's just a bummer to, to miss out on Mitch Garver. And looking back on that trade, I mean, what a freaking steal for the Rangers. Ronnie Enriquez plus Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for a guy who was your DH with in a World Series winning team and was providing clutch hit after clutch hit after great at-bat. I mean, he provided some really, really good at-bats. I feel like that part of his value of, of having a 370 on base that really goes overlooked of, of how often he didn't expand the strike zone, how, you know, good of at-bats and, and long of plate appearances he he worked, not only with the home run power. I mean, 19 home runs in 87 games for the Rangers. I mean, he was such a huge part of that offense. I mean, him and Corey Seager really carried that Rangers offense in the month of August when when Josh Young was out, when the Rangers missed some, some time from Jonah Heim as well. I mean, when Jonah Heim went down, I mean, Mitch Garver really, really stepped up and was a key for this Rangers team. If, if not for what Mitch Garver did in Jonah Heim's absence, this Rangers team not only doesn't make the playoffs, not only doesn't win the World Series, but I don't know if they make the playoffs. So Mitch Garver will always have a special place in my heart. It will be very hard watching him probably hit a few tangers off the Rangers next year. But hey, him watching him get his ring will be a lot of fun whenever the Rangers and Mariners play each other for the first time next year. A World Series hero forever, and uh, I will always appreciate Mitch freaking Garver, a World Series champion. Coming up, we're going to look at what this Dodger spending spree means about their longtime ace. Could he be finally coming home to the Texas Rangers? And a little bit of look around some other news and notes happening with this Rangers team. Right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. It's the middle of NFL season, heading down to the wire. It's the middle of the NBA season. If you want to put some money on Luka Doncic MVP numbers, we saw him on Christmas Day putting up a 50-burger in Phoenix. I mean, there is something about Dallas area teams doing well in Phoenix like the Rangers, winning the World Series in Phoenix, and Luka Doncic uh, just absolutely destroying the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. So head head down to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be back talking about why it's so important that the Rangers did win the World Series and how difficult it is to do, looking at some of the other teams who have been very good for a long time and how few championships they have and how rare they are. But this Mitch Garver signing with the Seattle Mariners does open up the Rangers' DH role officially. There will not be a reunion, and officially the lineup has, uh, well, really just one spot. To fill. There are some free agent options the Rangers could go after. There is still um, J.D. Martinez available on the market. There is still Jorge Soler on the market. But I really think that this opens up the DH role for some combination of Wyatt Langford and Ezekiel Duran. Those guys have got all the potential in the world. We, we saw what kind of a run Ezekiel Duran can go on offensively when he is hot. Um, 
I feel like he is going to be more of a super utility position player. But again, the ceiling with the bat is very, very high with him. And with Wyatt Langford as well, one of the top prospects, if not the top prospect in all of baseball. I mean, it's, it's going to be a real debate with, with him and Evan Carter. Um, but I'd imagine that Wyatt Langford is, is if he's not on the opening day roster, I will be surprised because he has just got that much talent. And I think he proved that much in the 200 plate appearances in the minors that he had. It, it might just be 200 career plate appearances in the minor leagues for Wyatt Langford because he is just that good. And, and I don't think that he's going to post a, either of those guys are going to post an 870 OPS like Mitch Garver did last year. Um, but a, a two war season from, from either of them, I think that's possible. I think it's possible that they get more than 344 plate appearances like Garver did. Um, the, the power is, well, I think White Langford's power is is pretty high up there. And, and the quality of at-bats like Mitch Garver had, I don't know if he's going to have a 370 on base his rookie year, um, but I wouldn't put it past him with, with how good White Langford looked at literally every single level of minor league baseball and in the college world series and just the college season in general, his, his college career in general, this guy is the ceiling is, is, you know, in the, the stratosphere over the stratosphere. It is into another universe of, of how high white Langford's ceiling is. And, you know, it, it, even if he comes up and he, he struggles a little bit at the beginning, it would be the first time that he struggled basically at, at any professional baseball level, because again, when he came up, he was absolutely sensational. But I'm really excited about what this means for the Rangers' potential at DH. They could sign somebody like a J.D. Martinez. Um, but again, I, I said from the start of this offseason that I didn't think the Rangers really needed to make a move, didn't really need to sign a single bat, which is a, a very good place to be for a range, for any team of, wow, my offense is is so you know locked down under contract for you know the long term. Pretty much nobody has to, we don't, there's no free agent that we really need to go get, which is a very, very great place to be. There are very few teams that are like that. I mean, the, even the Braves, who it feels like every single one of their hitters is under contract for another like eight seasons minimum. Um, even they went out and made a trade for, for Jared Kelnick in left field. I mean, other than that, the rest of their lineup is is pretty much locked down under contract for at least another three years. Um but uh, the Rangers said, yeah, we, we're good. That, that offense that we had that won us the World Series, that, that rallied us through undefeated on the road in the playoffs, uh, yeah, it might it might be even better next year with, you know, a, a more seasoned Josh Young with more plate appearances than, like, a month from Evan Carter, half a month, really, a month and a half, however much from Evan Carter, um, and hopefully um, more growth from, from other young players, like a bigger year from Nathaniel Lowe. I mean, again, the depth of this offense is absolutely insane. I feel like I say it every single episode, but it's worth appreciating how rare it is to have a team that literally doesn't need to sign a single bat outside of like maybe a backup outfielder, um, maybe a backup catcher, like, but no starting positions are really um, necessary to go out and make improvements in free agency. And not just that this offensive class is, uh, of, of bats is, is kind of subpar. It's just that the Rangers offense is that good. I mean, it is a subpar class of, of bats because Mitch Garver is 
maybe if you squint, if depending on what you what you like in a hitter, Mitch Garver might be the second best hitter in this free agent class um, of just offensive ability. I mean, maybe Jorge, Jorge Soler is is a little bit more highly highly thought of than him. Um, and obviously Shohei Otani is the number one bat in this class. And there have been some other good hitters in this class that that have signed, like uh, Jung-Hoo Lee um, and Heimer Candelario. Maybe Lewis Gurriel Jr. has... Um, I mean, they, they all got way more money than him. Um, but I think of what he provides on the field when he's on the field is, you know, right up there with anybody else in this offensive class. Now, Jung-Hoo Lee might start hitting for some power. And obviously, the, the defense in center field is is great. They they got a star there in San Francisco, which, which is good for them. But um, we've all seen what a hot run from Mitch Garver looks like. And it is a sight to behold, a sight of beauty. And... Um, whoever signs him, which is in this case, the Seattle Mariners, are hoping that he can go on a similar run and maybe lead them to their first World Series championship ever. But the Rangers are very much hoping that is not the case. Some other news coming out in the last couple weeks from the broadcast booth, CJ Nikowski, the primary, yeah, primary color commentator for the Texas Rangers has signed on with Bally Sports South, the to be one of the voices of the Braves broadcast. He lives in Atlanta, so he was hoping to go a little bit closer to home. The Rangers gave him leeway to go and interview for this job um, because the primary color analyst for the Braves is taking a little bit of a step back. Um, Jeff Frankour, former Ranger great, um, is taking a, a little bit of a step back, so CJ wanted to be close to home. So that means the Rangers will have, I don't know about a new voice, in the broadcast, Dave Raymond is still going to be there. He is still under contract for a, a while, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it seems like we'll be having some more games from Dave Valley, who just joined the broadcast, um, I believe, in 2022. But I've really liked what I've seen from Dave Valley outside of him saying Leotis Tavares. Hopefully he can fix that, as I'm guessing he's probably going to be the Rangers' primary color commentator next year. We'll probably see a little bit more of David Murphy, and I think those two are going to be the ones that get a few more games. Maybe there will be some new voice who I hadn't thought of that steps in and and hops on a few more broadcasts since uh, the tag era is done. I don't think that that Tom Grieve is going to come out of retirement to pick up the slack for the games that CJ is no longer calling, um, but Good for CJ. Go back close to home. Great to see a little bit more of Dave Valley and Dave Murphy. David Murphy. Um, I'm excited to see what the broadcast holds for the reigning World Series champs in 2024. Now, there are a few more signings to get to and a, a very important free agent target for the Texas Rangers, a left-handed pitcher with ties to the Texas Rangers. Um, we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, let's word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everyday for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. We'll be back on Friday with the last show of 2023, the year that the Rangers won the World Series, talking with Sully about what this Rangers championship means, what we learned from the year of our Lord 2023 about Major League Baseball, and just, you know, reveling in the joy of the Texas Rangers being the reigning World Series champs. Now, the Dodgers have done a lot of things this offseason. They have signed... A couple of pretty big name free agents, the guys you might have heard of in, in Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. They spent $325 million on Yoshinobu Yamamoto and $700 million on Shohei Otani. That's a lot of dough. 
I mean, the Rangers got some flack for, wow, you spent half a billion dollars on two players? Well, the Dodgers saw that and said, yeah, uh, we're going to spend a full billion and $225 million on two players and just one-up that. Now, th- there is obviously, with all the deferrals, the money from Shohei, maybe it looks more like $465 million, so maybe they just spent, you know, $750 million, whatever the math is to make that math um, math properly, um, but... Th- they spent a lot of money on some pitchers. They also traded for another one in Tyler Glass now, a guy who, when healthy, is very good, um, but has not been super healthy over the dur- the duration of his career. But they have a lot of starting pitchers. They also extended him for $125 million, I believe, was the extension that they signed um, with Tyler Glass now, one of their new aces paired with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. But right now, their, their rotation looks a little something like this, right? I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto is probably going to be their opening day starter. Maybe it's Glass now. Maybe it's Walker Bueller. But they also have a, a couple other young guys who are really interesting. Uh, Bobby Miller, who had a, a very, very good rookie season. Emmett Sheehan is probably going to factor into the rotation as well. And and Gavin Stone, I think, is is pretty ready to be a decent member of their rotation. I mean, Michael Grove might also play a decent part uh, in their rotation this year. Um, but that's this year without Shohei Otani. Then... In 2025, uh, they're going to have Shohei Otani back in the rotation and and all those other guys. Well, maybe not Walker Buehler because he's going to be a free agent after 2024. Um, but the rest of those guys are under contract for quite some time, including Yamamoto, who's under contract for 12 years, which is a long, long time. But that does leave some space filled up in their rotation. They, they maybe could use... One more starting pitcher because, again, who knows? I assume Yoshinobu Yamamoto is, is going to be pretty healthy and, and probably give them. He's projected to go 184 innings this year, according to Fangraphs. Um, Glasnow is projected for 154, which would be a career high in Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm pretty darn sure for him. Um, Bobby Miller is projected for about 150 innings. Bueller is projected for 131. So there is still some room in their rotation. And Kershaw is not going to be pitching, and pitching until you know the middle of this season. So it's, it's going to be a little while for Kershaw. Um, but the Rangers, their starting rotation in, in the first half is is also a little thin. And uh, they've got, right now, three guys who are supposed to be back at midseason that are going to be hopefully very, very good. Um, they've got Tyler Malley, who's projected to come back about midseason. Max Scherzer, who's projected to come back about midseason. And then Jacob Grom, who is projected to come back sometime in around August. So... But the Rangers really have need for for Kershaw to to come in to this rotation and and have four guys added to your rotation at midseason. I mean, that feels kind of crazy, but maybe it might work because you know these pitchers who are coming back from injuries they are a little bit on the older side. They have had some injury plagued last few seasons, and uh, maybe one of them doesn't come back for you know you add an extra month onto their rehab, or maybe they don't come back at all this season one of those guys it's it's possible i don't think it's likely i'm pretty sure all of them will be pitching at least at some point for the rangers in 2024 and hopefully they are all healthy for the playoffs that's what the rangers are hoping for but i i think that a kershaw reunion makes sense even though it doesn't like there's always going to be some mutual interest on both sides with the rangers proving that they are indeed legitimate world series contenders because they just won one last year and this is 
pretty much the same team that just won it all. Granted, they might be without Jordan Montgomery. They will be without Mitch Garver, and um, they might be without some some other you know minor free agents. Um, but this is a very good team, and this is the first time where Clayton Kershaw has probably seen them as a serious option. Maybe last year he he also viewed them as a serious option because I, I find it hard to imagine that Chris Young wasn't able to convince his old uh, Highland Park native that fellow Highland Park native that this was a contending team because he, he did that with Jacob DeGrom. He did that with um, Nathan Eovaldi. He, he did that with Andrew Heaney as well. Um, and he said, look, this is this is a good team. And he convinced them to come and sign and make it a good team in 2023. And and now here he is sitting, coming off a World Series run, a World Series win, the first ever in franchise history, and be like, hey, you want to come be a little bit closer to home? I know LA is fun and you're a Dodgers legend forever, um, but do, do you want to just end your career playing in front of the team you grew up rooting for, the, the team that you grew up watching um, and, and loving and, and seeing not win a whole lot and um, come be a part of a, a winning team as well. Now, it's great. It's going to be harder to convince him that, oh, yeah, this is going to be a better team in 2024 than the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers look like an absolute super team, but the Rangers might need him a little bit more. Granted, I just said that the Dodgers have some some question marks and some health risks in their rotation and, and could always use Clayton Kershaw, but I think the Rangers could use him just a little bit more. It'll be really interesting to see what the rotation looks like if they do sign Kershaw and they literally have four guys come back from injury midseason. I wouldn't imagine the Rangers do much of anything at the trade deadline at that point. Maybe they trade for a reliever, um, but or if, or if some bat is taking some big step back maybe they they trade for a hitter but again i don't really see the rangers having a need to upgrade the offense at all this season um i could be wrong and, and somebody could take a big step back but again there's enough reinforcements um on the white langford and ezekiel duran and even josh smith's side that um if if someone does take a step back then the rangers do have some depth to step up but i, I think it's an interesting concept i would always love clayton kershaw being here because he is the best left-handed pitcher of his generation one of the best left-handed pitchers in the history of baseball and a dallas native who we've, we've i've always celebrated um fellow dallas natives who go out there and thrive and imagining what he would be like around this this young group of, of pitching prospects i mean let alone them getting to pick the brains of of Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. That's awesome. And Nate Evaldi, who I think is was very helpful to this rotation throughout the season and, and even in, in spring training as well. Just having those young guys like Jack Leiter, like Brock Porter, like Owen White and Kumar Rocker, it's having them just see what those guys do to, to get themselves ready and, and learning from the just insane expanse of knowledge um, that those guys have um, and the, the preparations and the thing, things that they have learned that have made them so successful outside of their natural talent um, would just be a huge, huge boost for the Rangers. But uh, I'm I'm still hope, holding out some hope. I don't know what the contract would look like or what he would look like when he came back. Cause again, shoulder surgery is always a little scary. Um, but if anybody can come back and, and still be dealing while throwing 88 miles an hour, it is of course the legend Clayton Kershaw. Now there have been a few more little news and notes uh, that I, I wanted to get to. I haven't really talked much about uh, Martin Maldonado is officially 
off of the Houston Astros. I don't think the Rangers will be seeing him in the playoffs because he signed a deal with the Chicago White Sox. I think he might end up being their primary catcher. Um, but uh, farewell to an Astros legend, uh, a a legend forever for taunting and upsetting Adoles Garcia, maybe goading him into that uh, final four-game stretch of the ALCS where he was an absolute fire menace to the Houston Astros. Um, congrats to Adoles Garcia's son for signing a major league deal. And former Ranger great Isaiah Kinder for signed a two-year $15 million deal with the Blue Jays. An interesting pickup for the Blue Jays, a guy who will uh, play who's played every single position, I think, outside of uh, first base. He's played center field. He's played shortstop. He's played third base. He's played catcher, second base. Um, He has played literally everywhere around the diamond. Good for IKF for getting paid and getting off of the Yankees, a guy who is not beloved by Yankees fans, but I will have a special place in my heart for a guy who just really grinded his way into a solid major league career and uh, a lot of respect for that guy. But it seems like even though the the Rangers are not making big moves so far, big money signings in free agency, I mean, Tyler Malley is, is the biggest money signing they have, have made this off season. Um, It seems like the other team in the world series is still being aggressive, even though they know for sure that they are not being picked up by Bally Sports. They went and made some aggressive moves in the offseason. That is the Diamondbacks. They traded for Eugenio Suarez, who's going to be making around $16 million this year. And I think is a solid upgrade for them at third base. They also went and signed Eduardo Rodriguez, a, a solid deal for them to help shore up their pitching staff. I thought that was um, a decent deal. Four years, $80 million. I wouldn't have done it for the Rangers because, again, I don't really trust the, the stuff uh, to hold up for the duration of that contract. He's had only a couple of really good years and a couple of kind of weird years in between, but hey, good for the Diamondbacks for going for it. Um, I, I think that could be a rivalry eventually. I mean, it is marked as the Rangers you know, inter, um, interleague rivalry, um, so the Rangers will play them at home and away every single year. So every single year, the Rangers will be playing in Arizona, where they won their first ever World Series. Um, so that's that's kind of nice. I don't have any ill will towards the Diamondbacks. I don't think that there's uh, a whole lot of ill will from the Diamondbacks towards the Rangers. Um, it kind of feels like 2010, where I don't have any disrespect or, or hate towards the Giants for beating the Rangers in 2010. Um, Rangers just got beat, and um, it wasn't all that close. It kind of felt a little bit like that in this World Series, but maybe they're Diamondback, the Diamondback fans feel a little differently and do hate the Rangers for denying them that World Series after a magical run. The Rangers being the real team of destiny, but hey, good on the Diamondbacks for making some big money moves. Maybe the Rangers can also stop crying poor and go and sign a left-handed pitcher to a big contract. Hopefully it is Jordan Montgomery. Maybe it is Clayton Kershaw, but either way, still... A fun offseason so far. Congratulations, happy trails to Mitch Garver, a Texas Rangers World Series champion and legend forever. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.